On today's Midcourt Madness Bigs, the national championship game is over, and in a word, I would say it was a bit underwhelming. John, it was a dud. Underwhelming is uh, is being kind. That game sucked. Yeah. So Baylor, you know, they were able to knock off the undefeated Gonzaga, Gonzaga Bulldogs, um, get their first national championship, and we're going to get into that game right after this. Yeah, Biggs, I feel like this game was really decided, you know, really in the first two minutes. I tweeted out after two minutes, um, you know, Davion Mitchell already had four points, had a charge taken against Suggs. They get Suggs with two fouls right away, you know, guy who was really their leader for the most part. Um, and they just couldn't really bounce back from that. An awful lot can happen in two minutes, John. Uh, you and I can both attest to that. I mean, two minutes is a long time. A some, would, some would say it's the perfect amount of time. I would say it's the perfect amount of time. 30 seconds is a great amount of time, too, but two minutes is an incredible amount of time. Uh, and you're right. And this game, it, it was over within the first two minutes. I mean, Baylor, not only did they come out guns ablaze and knocking down threes, uh, I don't I don't know the first time Gonzaga grabbed a rebound in the first couple of minutes. It felt like not only was Baylor on fire, every time they would miss, Mark Vidal would get an offensive rebound I don't know if Gonzaga got to stop in the first two, two like five minutes of the game. Yeah, and speaking of Mark Vital getting all these rebounds, Drew Timmy just he was just being eaten up on the boards all night. Yeah, and when you when you kind of deconstruct it and, and look back in retrospect, I know Baylor was, was one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. That was something that they had talked about going into that Houston game. Was that all the talk is about Houston really is a is a force on the offensive glass. And Baylor actually ranked really high, too, though. And I think Scott Drew said something like, they're really good. We're pretty good, too. I think they ranked in the top 10 in offensive rebounding. Um, And for whatever reason, that really didn't get – it just kind of died there. It's like, whatever, okay. But And when you look at this Gonzaga team, I don't know what their rebound percentage was over the course of the year, but if you were to tell me, like, teams that rebound at a high level give them problems, it kind of fits because, I mean, you look at all their guys, they don't have – they don't have great rebounders. As good as Timmy is as a player, he's not a particularly, you know, he doesn't eat the glass. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want our listen, listeners just to think that this is a whole woe is me, Gonzaga played bad. Baylor, to their credit, was just, they came out and you could tell they turned up the defensive intensity right away. Gonzaga just did not look comfortable. They were like, you know, off balance, you know, swinging the ball around, you know pass the ball to the wings, pass the ball in the post, and just weak passes, lob passes. It, they just, did, it just didn't look pretty at all. You could tell the speed and athleticism advantages were just that, – that was stark. I mean, Baylor looks looks the part in terms of they're a lot bigger, a lot faster. Um, it just looks like something that Gonzaga just wasn't prepared for. And I don't want to turn this into like a, a Gonzaga uh, plays cupcakes all season long and that doesn't prepare them for the tournament because – uh, I don't know, they got to the championship game. So, I mean, that's pretty good preparation. I mean, they got pretty far. Uh, Baylor's just really, really good. And I think that somehow they got underrated because they were – people kind of tend to – I mean, it seems like people easily forget that through 20-something games, I mean, Baylor was undefeated just like Gonzaga was, uh, and they were mowing people down in the Big 12. I mean, they were dominant 
And the only reason they took a couple losses was because they went on a COVID pause. They were out a couple of weeks. They didn't look great for like a week against, yet they were beating really high-level teams still. They, they took a loss to Kansas. Um, wasn't like Baylor just came out of nowhere here. I mean, this was far and away. These, all year long we're talking about, oh, these are the, the easily the top two teams in the country. And, and Baylor just looked, I mean, they looked really, really good. Yeah. And one thing I did think of last night, Biggs, and I want you to think back to 2017, you know, you and I are both Vikings fans, right? And think back to the Minneapolis miracle. Stephon Diggs beats the Saints on a 69-yard touchdown. What happens the following week? They get absolutely blown out by the Philadelphia Eagles on their way to a Super Bowl title. And I wonder how much of this has to do with, you know, Gonzaga's win against UCLA on Saturday night. You know, just that, all the emotion that went into the game. And then having to play two days later and, like, to them, maybe it was almost their championship. And it's like, it's tough to come back to just ground zero and then have to go out and play again. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, after you kind of, you, you fire all your bullets on Saturday night a little bit to get by UCLA. Uh, meanwhile, Baylor, that game's over at halftime when they beat Houston. Uh, it reminds me kind of, of of 2015 when Wisconsin, it was like their championship was that, that undefeated Kentucky team, remember? And you had Wisconsin with like Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker and, and Nigel Hayes and, and company. Uh, and Wisconsin knocked off undefeated Kentucky. They had spent the entire season basically wanting to wanting to get back to Kentucky because they'd lost to them in the previous Final Four. Um, and they beat them. And that was like the game of the year, remember? Mm-hmm. Game of the year. It was an amazing upset. That Kentucky team was going to go down as one of probably maybe the best team to not win a title, maybe in the history of college hoops. And, and Wisconsin knocked them off. But they kind of blew their wad doing it, yeah. right? And then they have to play Duke the next the next night and or, or two nights later and – Duke has kind of a, a, an easier path to the championship game, uh, blowing out Michigan State, if I remember correctly. And, and Duke ends up winning the game. And I don't know how much of an impact that is. I have, I have a hard time with that being too much of an impact because they're 20, 21, 22 years old. You know, so I don't think like fatigue is a big thing. Maybe there is something, too, though, just they got to collect their sea legs. And in the first five minutes when they're trying to collect their sea legs and against another team, maybe you're, you're down 14-10. Uh, they were down 14 nothing, yeah. you know, and, and you're not going to come back on a team like that. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, I think early in this game, I think it was like 16-4 to very early on. Um, and I was actually surprised, like, Gonzaga was able to get it down to 10 at halftime, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's a shot. I tweeted out, you know, the first four minutes of this second half is really going to decide this game. And honestly, that second half is weird because I'm watching, and if you would have just taken the scoreboard off the screen – and just played the first five minutes and asked me like if they had cut into the deficit at all, I would say, you know, I think they did. Probably. I think they did. Yeah. But I think it actually jumped out to like 12 or 13. Yeah, I think at one point, Gonzaga had gotten it down to maybe nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it jumped right back up to 16. Right back up to 16, exactly, within the next probably three possessions. Baylor, I mean, they knocked down, you look at the stats, I think they knocked down 10 threes. It sure felt like they hit more than 10 threes. I mean, they just... And that's and that's a different. They're the best three point shooting team in the country going into the game. I think they knocked down like forty two percent of their threes on the year. Objectively, this is an awesome Baylor team. I mean, how mm-hmm. can you not? Yeah. If you're a basketball fan, what's not to like about this Baylor team? They shoot the ball well. They defend their their asses off. They share it. They've got explosive kind of dynamic guards, and they're really fun to watch. And I mean, last night just from a from a an unbiased, semi-biased, because I like uh, Gonzaga, but also, you know, unbiased in that I just want a good game. 
they were just they were operating on just a whole nother level, and, and it just felt like Gonzaga could not keep up. Yeah, and you mentioned the rebounding earlier. They had a 38 to 22 rebounding average bigs, and you also mentioned three point shots, 10 of 23. But what's lost in that is they hit their first five three pointers, and that is just demoralizing to an opponent. Yeah, it's hard to. I mean, it's hard to put runs on teams this good, and when you're when you're playing as a team as good as Baylor or as good as Gonzaga, it's hard to come back when you dig your when you dig yourself a hole because you know obviously the team you're trying to dig out of the hole against is just not gonna. How many times is Baylor gonna get outscored by 16 over the stretch of a few minutes? It's hard to put runs on these teams. You know, the run that they went on at the beginning of the game was was a product of a lot of threes and a, a couple of turnovers by Gonzaga. Um, when you get in a hole like that, it's just it's really hard to claw back against a team as good as Baylor. Yeah. You know. Um here's a thought, John. Okay. I, I'm curious. There's really not much to take from this game. The game was, I mean, it was a, a, a demolition, right? Baylor right. was was clearly the better team. I I, I texted you because you know, we were gonna do a recording basically right after the game. We had some technical issues. But I texted you jokingly halfway through the first half. I was like, Do you just want to start recording right now? Because the game was over. It felt that way. Yeah, I mean, it felt like with, with, with at least, you know, Gonzaga had one more punch in the second half. But then after that, you're right, with, with about 10 minutes to go, you go, this this, this ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if this if this was a seven-game series, how different do you think it would be? Do you think it would be a lot different? You you said something last night about how you think uh, water's not finding its level. I think you said something along those lines. Maybe, um, maybe what, this is their level. That's the thing. And that's uh, I'm wondering, what do you think? You know, I... Seven. If they play seven games, it might be like a five, a five-two Baylor, is my thinking. And I got thinking last night because, like, a lot of the talk about about Gonzaga, you know, there's obviously a lot of haters to Gonzaga because they play in an easy region. Yep. Um, and the re- common rebuttal to that is their non-conference schedule. You know, they beat um Iowa, West Virginia, Kansas, uh, Virginia this year. Yep. And I think going into the tournament, we're thinking, yeah, these teams, these are like three seeds, four seeds, you know, stuff like that. None of those teams really did that well. So were, were we just wrong in our assumption that they were playing quality teams? Yeah, that's true. None of none of those teams got out of the first weekend. I know yeah. Virginia got upset. Uh, Kansas got blown away by USC. I I don't know. I, I think I tend to think the haters, um, if you were to ask each individual hater, like you know, the, the, the complaint usually is, uh, you know, they play in a cupcake league. Okay. Put Gonzaga in the Big 12. Okay, if they play 22 games or whatever, 20 games in the Big 12. I think they lose like four games. Okay. You go yeah. six, 16 and four? Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Probably still a one seed. Yeah. Right? Put yeah. them in the Big 10. Um, okay, they might have to play. Yes, there are better teams than, than BYU or St. Mary's in the Big 10. Again, I think they probably go like 16 and four, 17 and three, year in and year out. This team probably does even better than that. I, I just, I don't, I guess I don't understand. Are they, is their, is their win total? From year to year, inflated because they play in the West Coast. Yes, I don't even think the, the favorite. I don't even think the, the most pro Gonzaga folks can say it's not. Generally, they go twenty seven and four, or twenty eight and three, twenty nine and two. If they play in a power conference, though, they probably. I mean, they probably are like I, I'm speaking in hypotheticals. Twenty five wins, twenty four wins, right. maybe three or four wins less. Okay, that's still a one seed in a lot of years, or a two seed in a lot of years. They got a really good, a really good program, and I, you're right though. There, there's never. I think I was talking to another friend about this. They could win. I mean, realistically, not realistically, but they could go undefeated for the next probably three seasons. 
they could win two national titles and there would still be people that just hold on to this. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. It's easy to go undefeated when you don't play anybody good. They've also have what is it? Six straight sweet sixteens? That's yeah, there's there's this narrative that they just they choke in the tournament, right? Right. And I just don't I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. I know the the Adam Morrison team was was kind of the first one that was probably looked at as like good enough to maybe win I th- the whole I thing. I think that the 2000 Gonzaga Bulldogs and even into like the early teens are different than since about 2016 on. Yeah, they have gotten to another level. Obviously they were very good back then. They've gotten to an, uh, another level since then. And you look at their recruiting now like they're probably going to get Chet, Chet Holmgren. Um, they're actually getting five-star guys now. Before they were surviving off of transfers, they get then they get a lot of Australian players too. They go overseas to get, they get guys. guys from yeah. They get guys from Europe. Um, yeah. yeah, they've they've leveled up no doubt in the last like five or six years. Here they've gone to a completely another level now. With they started kind of tapping into the transfer market. You know when they had Kyle Wilcher, remember him from mm-hmm. from Kentucky, and they had Nigel Williams Goss, and they had Brandon Clark a few years ago who was really good. Yeah, uh, they've really really leveled up through getting good transfers. And now they, it seems like they're kind of on their way here to, to go on another level. Because um, you're right, if they, if they get Chet Holmgren, I, I'm not convinced he'll go there, to be honest. You I, think he's going G League still? I think it's one of those two, yeah. Based based on very little inside knowledge, I, I tend to think... You're from Minnesota, so you have all the knowledge. True, and he's my favorite player since right. he's from Minnesota. Right. I love him more than I love anything except Target. Right. But um, if he doesn't play in the G League, he'll have to have turned down at least a half a million dollars. If he goes to college, though, ever the, the betting favorite is Gonzaga. So if you get him, they have another five-star guard already locked in in Hunter Salas. Um, they could very well get Walker Kessler. Hurts my heart. They're going to be – I mean, they're going to get somebody. Yeah. They're going to be a transfer force. So, I mean, I, I think Borzello from ESPN came out with, like, a way too early top 25 and, and like, three quarters of it. Is, how, how do you do – I saw it so many – how do you do three, it when yeah. a quarter of – the players are in the transfer portal. You right, and you've no got idea another, who's be and you've got another how many, probably a hundred plus players that are going to enter test the waters for the yeah. NBA. So you won't even know what they're doing until until June or July. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's kind of an exercise in futility. You saw like three quarters of his teams are oh, I'm just kind of betting on coaches at this point, which is probably a fair bet. But Gonzaga's way up there, right? A, a couple things go here and there. I, I think they're gonna be really good and, and they've put themselves in a position where they're always going to be at least in the mix. Speaking of which, so we just bashed the way too early top 25 rankings. Do you want to do a, like a top five? Oh, you want to do like a top five? Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Okay, here's okay. mine. The I, draft one. How about you draft five and I'll draft five? Okay, are we doing Snake again? Yeah. Okay. You can have my, the first pick. My number one, Bama. Bama. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'll go UCLA. UCLA? You get yeah. two. Oh, I get, a, I get another one. Um. Oh, boy. Let's see. Give me Ohio State. Ohio State. Um... You know, a team that was, you know, off the not off the chart, off the chart, but like backwards and didn't make the tournament, but has a very good recruiting class. Duke. You taking Duke? Yes. I think they're going to be good next year. You I, okay. I must have hit my head. They're going to be really good. Okay. I, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> the other one, and this is partially because I believe in the coach and they do have a very good recruiting class coming in as well, is Michigan. Yeah. So that's three for me. All right. Uh, I will go with the other uh, Bass Ackwards squad from last year, and I'll take Kentucky. They've got two awesome transfers already locked in. They're always going to recruit at a high level. And that's kind of one, too, where it's like, what's I'm betting that uh, Kentucky doesn't suck two years in a row. 
Uh, my second pick, I'll take Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is going to be awesome. If Timmy comes back for them, if Nemhard comes back, I think, you know, you throw in a couple of those recruits and they're going to get somebody in the transfer market. There's Gonzaga. Okay. I'm going to go Baylor. I think Scott Drew has a good thing going there. They do lose a lot. I, I imagine they're going to get in the transfer portal. Basically, their recruiting well, class is awesome, too. That, too. Uh, and most of this year's team was built in the transfer portal. It was. Um, oh, I need one more. Um, let's go. I'm going to go Virginia. Ooh. I'm going to go Virginia. Look, this has got to hurt you really bad. I hate it. I'm picking taking, two teams I hate. teams you can't stand. <laughs> so you get one more. Yeah, I get one more. Let me think here. Gosh, this is good radio. I'm trying to think. I'm going to go Kansas. Um, I think Kansas. Uh, do I want to go Kansas? Such a blue blood take. Do I want to take Kansas? <sighs> yeah, I'm going to take Kansas. They've got. They should have four starters coming back. If they figure out their point guard spot, they'll be they'll be really good. Although, mm, I don't know what the I don't know what the NCAA like hammer. The NCAA might put the hammer. Oh, that's right. They might get a tournament ban. Yeah, I'm going to back out on Kansas. Actually, I I rescind my Kansas pick. Yeah, I, I'm thinking Villanova. Um, Part of it is if Gillespie comes back, which I don't know what the steam on that is. He's not a particularly like. Does Robinson Earl stay? No, I don't. I don't think so. He was pretty close to leaving last year, I think. But they do have. If Gillespie comes back, you got all three guards coming back, and I wouldn't be surprised. They've they've sneaky tapped into the transfer portal every once in a while. They're out east, so like, I'm intrigued where some of these like Trey Mitchell, the really good big guy out of Massachusetts, who's like at the top of probably every transfer list for a big man. Really curious where he ends up. He's he's based out of I think Connecticut, so Villanova's right down the road. Maybe if he goes to UConn, that'd be kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, we're doing a way too early thing. So I'm, I'm yeah. taking Villanova just on the blank idea that okay. that uh, that Jay Wright's going to figure it out because he's the man, and he'll have suits again next year. So you can't help him out. Um, so yeah, that's our way too early top five. Technically a top ten because we each did five teams. Um, you have anything else? You know, season's over. We got through a COVID season. Um, obviously, the regular season had a bunch of hiccups. Tournament just had one. I was actually pretty impressed with that. I don't see why they didn't have a have a team ready to replace them right away. Yeah. Um, but we got through the season. Um, we have a new championship team. Um, Baylor, new championship coach, and Scott Drew. Um, a dud of a championship game, but whatever. How about a, how about the whole tournament as a whole here? I, I, I emotionally like I. I feel like I wanted the tournament to be really good. Um, and don't get me wrong, a less than great tournament is better than no tournament. Mm-hmm. No question about well, that. Well, we missed it last year. That's right, we did. I kind of forgot Yeah, there about was that. not one. That's right, they don't talk about that the, at all. The longest reigning champion is over now. Virginia is no longer the reigning champion. They had a good two-year run. Congrats to them. But it's over. Can they win it again? That would be the first one seed ever to lose to a 16 seed come back and win it the following year, then have the year canceled, then lose in the first round to a 13 seed, then follow that up with another title. I don't think that would ever have happened no, before. No, no way. You know, that would be amazing. And sprinkled in there is a first-time championship out of a Baylor team. <laughs> Making history. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I got nothing else to add other than that. I'm just, I'm sad. I'm always, I'm always brought this kind of like, Seasonal sadness when the tournament is over, just because I love college hoops. It's my favorite sport, you know, mm-hmm. bar none. And I just kind of feel like, I feel like Jay Wright wandering the sidelines without my suit on. Like, I feel like I'm directionless now. I'm like, I don't know what to do for the next seven months. 
um, it's a sad state of affairs. We're going to podcast. We're going to have to. We're going to. I mean, luckily, there's going to be incredible. I mean, we're we're staring down the barrel here of an unprecedented uh, amount of turnover in the college hoops landscape. I mean, the the, the coaching carousels already had some big knocker kind of stuff going on, and, and the amount of transfers, like you said, a third of a third of players is probably going to be in that thing. Um, it's going to be interesting. There's there's going to be some. I'm sure it'll be a juicy a juicy off season. Yeah. So that's the episode. Like we said, it's the off season now. Um, and Biggs, I was thinking about this today. Like, what are we going to talk about during the off season? It's going to be interesting. Like, tra- we'll transfer portal. Are we going to do a tr- weekly transfer portal update? Weekly coaching updates. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Recruiting news. You know, there's we could we could cover the the TBT. There you go. That's true. We're gonna we're gonna see what happens. We're not gonna wing it. Yeah. They're swinging it, and they're seeing what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So yeah. Um, we're probably going to take the rest of the week off. We'll try and get the next episode up early next week. Um, I'm not sure what the summer schedule is going to look like. It could be a once a week. It could be three every two weeks. I have absolutely no clue. It could just be as stuff comes up. Um, so like I said, we'll release the next one probably next Monday or Tuesday. Um, but in the meantime, check out our Twitter at midcourt madness, check out our, our uh, website for any new blogs. Um, midcourtmadness.wordpress.com and we will see you next Monday. Peace.